and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com uh, my my greetings to our listeners in in Germany we we have uh, we seem to have developed a a fairly uh, consistent following uh, in Germany I'm not sure who exactly you you folks are if someone would would uh, drop me a line I I'd, I'd, I'd love to uh, chat with you but uh, there is this regular group that seems to be uh, working with a download of the show uh, every week uh, and um that's uh, just an interesting thing. We ought, this is the nature of the Internet. It's the nature of, of worldwide uh, communications ability. Uh, and uh, so uh, we welcome you, and I'm, I'm very glad that you're listeners to Center Left Radio. As you know, you can listen to us as either a standard podcast or a radio loop. Both of those options are presented to you. When you go to the homepage of our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, choose the first link for a standard podcast, second link for our radio loop, self-explanatory. The show is running in a loop on a separate computer here in the studio, and when you choose it as a radio loop, you pick up the show at wherever in the loop the show is. Stick around, learn more about it, stay with it, experience radio the old way, except that it really is all really digital. In fact, it's called these days something called a shoutcast, is what they call something running the way we're running it. Uh, in a, uh, but added to that, a looped shoutcast. How about that? Um, I don't even know if there's any others of those out there right now, but we're there. Central Left Radio is uh, there, available to you any way you want to hear us, and we're happy to have you along. There really is, I, I don't know, this, this is one of those days, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's January 6th, okay? Two years after the fact. As a kid, January 6th was, you know, that, that, that's the Feast of the Epiphany, as, as I knew it growing up. And it was a couple of things. First, it was, it was um, we used to think of it, we were told it was, uh, and it is, Orthodox uh, Christmas, uh, Orthodox, uh, the feast of, the, of, the, of the, the wise men, of the kings. This is when, in many of the Orthodox Christian communities, the actual gifts are exchanged. It makes sense from a from a uh, from a, a festive or perhaps from an ecclesiastical calendar perspective. If this is when the wise men gave gifts to Jesus after he was born, the infant Jesus, well, wouldn't this make more sense as being the day when we should exchange our gifts? Yeah, to a whole chunk of the planet, uh, this does make make sense, and this is what happens uh, today. Um, it's also, in the non-Orthodox world, it's pretty much the end of the Christmas season. If you, let's see, you're well, are you past, you're, today would be the, uh, is it the 12th day of Christmas? No, uh, if, if Christmas is the first day, and then you have 12 days after that. Well, seven would be New Year's and six more. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you've basically hit, uh, you're at the end of uh, the 12 days of Christmas and all that. We would start taking down presents. Uh, we'd start taking down decorations today. And, 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 and a lot of people I know uh, still kind of operate under uh, that sort of unspoken... Um, uh, dictum that it all is, you know, you could put your stuff up anytime in December. You could put your, your decorations up on your trees. You could decorate windows. You could do whatever you had to do, live tree, fake tree, outside on your lawn, whatever you were doing. But January 6th was sort of the, the point at which, okay, it's time for us to leave 
this season. Um, and the lights would start coming down. So we have a bunch here in the house. And um, I imagine with, with, with some sadness, and it's the same every year, uh, this is the day in which you have to at least uh, think about beginning to take them down. But as we all know, January 6th has uh, taken on a whole other uh, darker meaning here in America, and I, I would imagine in much of the world, it is the day in which an insurrection, a planned insurrection, uh, in which, uh, where members of the very body that uh, was attacked by insurrectionists, uh, and members facilitating those uh, insurrectionists, certainly completely uh, of a common mind with the insurrectionists, and all basically guided and uh, inspired, and none of it would have happened without the world's greatest liar, the world's most fearful man, the guy with more to lose than anyone can possibly imagine, Big Donald uh, basically said that if I can't have it, I'll tear it down. That's basically what the message came down to. Take it apart, destroy it, prove that you love me, tell me I'm important, prove to me once again, give me a reason to believe that I'm not a loser so that I can live with myself for another day, so that I can look in the mirror and still be able to say, you're not a loser, you're a winner. Help me continue lying to myself. Help me continue lying to the American people. Help me basically make fools of the sycophants who are willing to go along with my ridiculous lie. Come down to Washington, take the place apart, do whatever the hell you have to do, but at the end of the day, stop the election of Biden, and by some miracle, based on some cockamamie bullshit that's been fed to me by John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani and a few others, some miraculous uh, mechanism will emerge from the depths of uh, some congressional record of, of uh, 17, who knows what, or maybe 18-something, and the failure to actually count the votes on January 6th will lead to my ability to say, well, there was nothing there. Therefore, I have it made none of it made any sense. And it all came after 61 or 62 lawsuits have been presented and all but one lost saying each one of those lawsuits in different battleground states, making the same claim over and over. The claims at least were made in public, that there was widespread fraud, that Donald won, that, 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 the, that everything was, was flipped and it was ugly and it was dirty and it was nasty. And in every one of 61 of the 62 lawsuits that were in every place, beginning with the Supreme Court four times, federal and state courts all over the country, Country, with the exception of one case in Pennsylvania where the Republicans actually won, but it was a technical victory that changed about 100 votes with no effect whatsoever on the outcome of the election. In every single one of the remaining cases, the Republicans lost. They were kicked out of court, and the vast majority of time based on a motion from the defense, the people who basically they were suing to change the outcome. And the motion was, hey, you know, we've seen no proof of what they claim was fraud. Your Honor, before we get into, a, into, a, into litigation, before we actually begin trying this matter, we motion to drop the whole damn thing because the plaintiff has presented no evidence of the damages they claim to have. We have nothing in front of us to even review that would suggest that there were actually the damages suggested, namely that there had been fraud. And in 61 cases, not all of them went that way. Some of them actually began getting into trial. But as, as, as discovery was taking place, it was apparent to the court. Again and again and again and again and again. There was nothing there. And they wouldn't shut up. 
they kept going and going and going, and the lie got worse and worse and worse, and it finally just got to the point where basically Trump lives on that lie, and there is a compressed group of people, probably more than we'd like to admit in this country, maybe 25%, that absolutely believe that lie with him because they have no other silo from which to siphon out information. They live in a world that is completely dominated by those lies. And the lie persists to this moment because it's all they've got. Now, there's, there's not a hell of a lot new in anything I just said. And in fact, I, I, I could have said the same thing and have, more or less, on any number of occasions in the past. But you see, at some point, it became inevitable that the actual damage done by this, this embrace of lies, this willingness to completely override the functionality of government, to ignore judicial decision, to basically stamp your feet, pound your fists, and say, all I care about is my desire to win, and nothing else matters. The country doesn't matter. How, how governance doesn't matter. God knows the Constitution doesn't matter. At some point, it was inevitable that all of that would become the, the results of that, the real roost, you know, coming home to roost aspect of all that would become all the more evident. And in the last four days now, is it, well, three, we're going on the fourth today, we are seeing, or any, anyone willing to look, of course, of course, you can once again, uh, you, can, you can skew and, and dismiss and, and misinterpret and, and, and make fun of or, or do anything you like uh, about what's happening in the United States House of Representatives right now. But what we're really seeing is the results of all the lies, all the unwillingness to basically function within the government order. What we are seeing is the incapacity to actually govern because there's no taste for governing. Governing basically has been stripped away. The notion of governing, the desire to govern, and I would add the capacity to govern, has been stripped away from the American Republican Party. In essence, it is not a functional party. You are seeing on the floor, with so far 11 votes, you're watching a guy, Kevin McCarthy, prostrate himself, prost prostitute himself, offer anything and everything he can to get power, to be voted in to be speaker, willing to give away every bit of control he has, giving every bit of power he can think of to the people who are least concerned with the functioning of government, who clearly only want to basically burn it down, blow it up, make sure it doesn't happen, uh, cause damage to the other side, no ideology, no particular legislative agenda of any kind other than to hate the libs because, well, libs are supposed to be hated by someone, and it may as well be us, and you're watching what happens in the greatest democracy in the world when one half of the political system is hijacked by that mentality. It's taken a while. I mean, you, you can argue that this basically is a Trump function. I mean, and yes, all of this was brought into stark relief as Donald came down the escalator in Trump Tower back in, in 2015, uh, yeah, 2015, I guess it was, and all of, all of this insanity began to uh, coalesce around him because he tasted it, he knew it, he sensed it, and of course he was possessed of it. His fear level basically went out like a beacon to those who basically knew nothing but fear themselves and anger and grievance, and he was able to corral them around him. He was the least likely leader 
of that coalition in the world, given his background, given his privilege, given the lifestyle, given what he'd done, everything, the least likely. But he understood how a platform of fear and grievance and anger multiplied a thousand times by all the social media and everything else and a willingness to say anything in order to pander to the worst possible spirits of people. He understood how that worked because he'd lived his entire life doing nothing but that in order to basically give himself a sense of his own existence. And here we are, two years after January 6th, 2021, the storming of the Capitol, all kinds of people have been put in jail already for that. There have been probably the best and most thorough conducted hearings in the history of this country. The January 6th committee did nothing but investigate the people who actually were part of it. Their witnesses were the people of the Republican Party who were in some, in some orbit around Donald and came up in the end with four basic, they reported out four bases for indictment for Donald to the Department of Justice and a few others. Uh, anyone with with the slightest shred of objectivity, but that would seem to exclude about a quarter of the country, anyone who could listen to and, and, and appreciate the professionalism with which these hearings were conducted, the logic of them, the thoroughness of them, would be forced to admit that there was a conspiracy to take down this government, to basically prevent the government of the United States from fulfilling the obligation, the people would not be allowed to have the results of a free and fair election. Everything that needed to be done to keep the process going was being done except that half of the political structure of the country wanted to stop it, and they wanted to stop it because this was the outcome of the embrace of a lying piece of crap like Donald, basically willing to say anything, embrace a lie, continue it, knowing how to play off people's fears, knowing how to basically amplify their grievance, knowing the mechanisms needed in order to get that information out there, willing to grift anybody for any amount of money in order to preserve his own benefit, and it just finally has filtered right down to the most specific area of governance, and it's, it's, been, it's under a microscope right now, and we're watching it play out in the efforts to elect a Speaker of the House. Yes, the Republicans won the House. No matter how much we want to, uh, and, and Democrats have every right to basically uh, applaud themselves for how well they did in the 2022 midterms, but there still is the reality that Republicans won the House. Were it not for some real mess-ups here in New York State of all places, and we still have uh, one of the races, this guy George Santos, who I think lied about what, you know, where his, where his lungs are, where his organs are located in his body, basically, and everything else about his fictionalized life, he will be under indictment, but that, 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 that seems small potatoes compared to the reality that there are 20-plus Republicans in the House, led, I don't know if the word led even means anything here, but Matt Gates basically seems to be kind of the ringleader of this crowd, and their desire is to basically humiliate Kevin McCarthy, who seems to have no end, there is no bottom, there is no visible point at which, to, to which or beyond which, Kevin McCarthy will not sink in order to humiliate himself 
it's beyond what he can give away. I'm, 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 I, I can't imagine he hasn't started, you know, giving out his family members. Does he have any daughters? I, you know, prom, I have no idea. Does he have, you know, hi, yeah, you can, you, you, you want to sleep with? Oh, yeah, sure, why not, not? Anything, anything you want. I don't care what you do to me. I don't care if I can't do anything. I don't care if you could knock down a piece of legislation with one person. I don't care if you could call for a vote of confidence. If one Republican can get up there and you can vote me out of office... I just want to be the damn speaker, and I don't care what happens after that. No agenda except to pander to the basest elements of the party. And by the way, you know, some people are suggesting that there is a, uh, a radicalized Republican army and a, a Republic, Republican army, close, uh, Republican party. And then there's a, uh, a, a reasonable, no, no, there, it's two different levels of radicalization, just two different degrees. The, the vast majority of the House basically is already radicalized. They basically don't want anything but to knock things down. There isn't a leader among them. No one really wants to be part of a leadership of this entity, whatever it is. There's no sense of what would be done by them. There's no sense of an agenda. There's no sense of a political ideology governing anything they're doing. And then you have the burn it all down crowd and the crowd, the larger group that basically has nothing that they want to really do except basically undo whatever it was that Biden did and spend time and, 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 and fill up space and make money and raise money off of fundraisers about that they'll put together about the fact that they're doing things to try to stop Democrats for whatever reason, but with no agenda with no sense of what the final result would be for the American people. You've got that crowd, and then you've got the total burn-it-down crowd with this guy Gates, whatever his name is, who actually, I believe on both the 10th and the 11th vote for a speaker yesterday, voted for Donald Trump as speaker. I mean, this guy isn't serious. They don't give a damn. They don't care how this looks to the world. They don't care how it looks to the American people. They don't care that basically they have, they have cut off one-third of the, of the, of, of the functional the, the, the functionality of the American government. There is, there can't be any give and take between the House and the Senate because for technical, for all intents and technical purposes, there is no House of Representatives. You have 200 and, uh, what would it be, 212 plus 200, and, you have two, 435, I think the number is, uh, Congress, uh, Congress people elect. There are no... Congress, there's no congressmen or congresswomen. That only happens once they've been sworn in. And to be sworn in, they must be sworn in by a speaker. There is no speaker. The loonies are making sure of that. And the allegedly sane sorts basically keep playing with them. No one seems to have a sense of what you do when base, or what you're supposed to do when all that's left is differing degrees of anarchy within, a, within half of the political structure of the country. Now, I, I've said before that there is a, um, that the courts have been a major moderating force, moderating in the, in, in, in the true sense of not so much lowering, but basically making the sides have to deal with one another. The, the courts have been moderating in that sense as well and have come to rational decisions about things that need to be done within the political sphere. In, and these are areas where the court, you know, has, has, has appropriate... Uh, jurisdiction. But we're getting to a point where I don't know what a court, I don't know how, a, how does a court intervene and force the House of Representatives 
to be the House of Representatives? How, 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 does, a, how does a court force 20 uh, Republican uh, anarchists, essentially, to function and can you legislate their attitude? Can you legislate their perspective on what it is that they're actually doing? Can you legislate their loyalty to the Constitution? Can you sue them? I mean, yes, you could sue them if they do something extra-constitutional or purely anti-constitutional. But if they just don't want to do their job, if they just want to screw around and, and play with their food and don't give a rat's ass about what's going on and refuse to legislate and refuse to work with anyone but themselves, if they do nothing but want to go and hang out and, you know, hang out in the street corner and, 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 and you know, and get wasted and, and basically, you know, drive around on their motorcycles, all, if, if that's all they can imagine doing and anything but the business of the people. How do you force these people to come off of that mindset? How, how do you make them do their job? Because what everyone in America and every, I, I must assume everybody in the world is seeing right now is that these people, the 20, Matt Gates and, and, his, and his cronies, and the rest of the House, and certainly Kevin McCarthy, haven't got the foggiest notion or desire to actually run things, or, or they certainly don't have the slightest notion of what it is that they do that's necessary for the continuation of the American experiment. They, they seem to have, they seem to be completely outside the mindset of governance, of, of what the three, the three segments of government need to be doing in order to basically continue the, governance, the, 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 the government of the United States. And that even if the loonies, the 20, got everything that uh, Kevin McCarthy says he's going to give them, and he has already promised everything to them, the key, key assignments on key committees, he's promised them the ability to basically uh, have a vote of no confidence against the speaker anytime they want, anything they want, they can basically hold up any legislation, they can prevent anything from happening, God knows what they would do uh, with, with funding bills, God knows what they do with the debt ceiling, they just hold it because they could. There's nothing to stop these people because there's no sense among them or anyone else in the Republican Party of the severity of the damage that, that could be done to the country by the intransigence and the arrogance and the fear being expressed by these people. And the reason there's no sense of that is that it's been whooped out of them that Donald and his whole lie and everything else and the fear of the base and the need to constantly pander to the 25% of the country that basically they've invented, that they've pulled out from under rocks over the course of the last, I would say now, 20 years at least. That sense finally has done and produced precisely what it had no choice but to produce, a total incapacity to govern in any rational, functional way. These people cannot govern, and yet they are in positions of elected authority within the Congress of the United States. A group of people with no ability or interest or orientation or focus in governing, and even if they did with nothing that they want to actually do other than tear down the other side or tear down the functionality of the government that they are sworn to uphold by their oath of office. They have nothing else on their plate. They don't know how to be part of this country. And we're watching this play out day by day, hour by hour. Now we're going into the fourth day of it today as we celebrate 
and I don't know if that's an appropriate word, but let's call it, we'll use that for the time being, as we celebrate the second anniversary of the orchestrated attempts by Donald Trump to take down the country that he swore to protect as its commander in chief and as its president. It's pretty damned sick. In, in, in earlier shows uh, on this whole topic, watching, watching this unfold, I, I have taken a certain amount of solace in the activities of the courts. I, and, I, and, I, and I came back to that a little, little, a little bit earlier in this show today. But there is no, there is no court process that can basically make what the Republicans refuse to do or, or are incapable of doing, forming a government as it were. There is no judicial process to basically get past where they are now, which is nowhere, which is basically having a food fight in front of the world in an effort to basically dismantle or defunctionalize the American government and to balderize its constitution, to make fun of everything the constitution uh, deems dear to us, to prove that there is no capacity for any kind of uh, cooperation or, or compromise or what we were calling progressivism under Teddy Roosevelt. Much less that, there's no capacity even within their own conference to do anything. They are no longer a political party. They are different groups within, they're different cabals within a group that is sitting in one particular area of a large historic hall. I had somebody uh, give this a name. It's not, they're not Republicans. I, I've said this before, I, I once was a Republican, uh, briefly, uh, very early on. Uh, I basically did what my parents were doing and went along with it and actually worked on a campaign uh, for two Republicans who were running uh, as to be delegate. It was a special election back in, I guess it was about 67. Uh, and they were running to be um, delegates for the New York State Constitutional Convention. And we did something that was amazing in a totally democratic area. We got these two guys elected. Uh, Tim, Tim Rice, I think the guy's name was Tom, Tom Rice, and uh, Bill Drohan. And against all odds. And we did it by basically uh, leather. We were walking around. Uh, we gave out pamphlets. We rang doorbells. We, we, we were more energetic in this campaign than anyone could have possibly imagined we would be. And it was in a district that the Democrats should have just won hands down. And everybody knew that the interest level was, was almost nothing. The actual percentage of registered voters who showed up was a very, very small percentage. But we basically eked out, and it was a small, a small number of votes, and yet we had the winning percentage on both sides. Both of those guys that we put in, uh, Bill Drohan was ultimately... Uh, uh, convicted, he, he, he became a, a state Supreme Court justice later on and uh, was convicted of taking bribes. And Tim, and Tim Rice, who was a constitutional law professor at Fordham, I think had a similar fate uh, to him. I, I, that, that shouldn't be affecting, uh, it's, that's not the point I'm trying to make. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that any, all Republicans, and these guys were avowed conservatives of the time also, when conservatism, you know, was in the old Bill Buckley style of conservatism. But, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that everybody, you know, the reason I left the Republicans is because these people were dirty. I didn't know they were dirty at the time that I, that I basically went with the Democrats. I went with the Democrats realizing what the hell was going on in Vietnam and understanding that the Republicans were just, were blind to all of that and just basically had a militarized notion of the world. The Democrats have, have shown just about as much wisdom uh, at different points in the last 50 years or so. But the point I'm making now is that there isn't even a, uh, an underpinning or a sense of 
of commitment to any kind of a political philosophy here. If, if Kevin McCarthy and everything he is doing and his methodology for achieving the speakership is any indication, then there is nothing that can't be given away. There's nothing that is sacred. There is no principle, no, no, uh, no, no sense of honor, no constitutional clause. There is nothing within the government. There's nothing historic. There's nothing of any consequence that cannot somehow be bandied about, balderized, uh, bargained over, given away, uh, promised to somebody else that, 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 that Kevin will not attempt to do in order to do simply one thing, become the speaker. That's all he wants. There are, if he were to become the speaker in the current uh, arrangement that he's put out there. He basically would be, he could be out of the speakership within a day or a week. Any one Republican can get up, say, I call for a vote of no confidence against him, and by a vote of, I guess, I imagine it would have to be a majority, I don't know how they set it up. Maybe if it's just a majority of the, uh, of the Republican conference, he's gone. Would Democrats go along with getting rid of him? Probably, because it wouldn't make much difference. So if a vote came to the House and, um, you, you know, if, if the 20 crazy, the, the 20 ultra crazies were joined by the 212 absolutely unified Democrats, McCarthy is gone and we start all over again. And that means that the Congress of the United States can't deal with military budgets. It can't deal with the debt. It can't pass a budget. It can't, of any kind, it can't deal with debt ceilings. It can't deal with any activities uh, pertaining to any laws. Laws can't be enacted not because nothing can get done. Nothing can go to committee between the House and the Senate because nothing is there to go to committee if you don't have enough of a structure, namely a functional speaker, who can bring things to a point where they can actually be com uh, conferenced between the two houses. If the only point is for Kevin to be in power and then suddenly Kevin isn't in power, all that's left is to go deeper into the goddamn rabbit hole if you're basically following the Republicans. Now, could uh, Hakeem Jeffries become... Uh, the new speaker, simply because, well, there will always be, it seems right now, 212 Democratic uh, votes for him, all 11 ballots. He's gotten every single Democrat in the House. The unification of the Democrats is, is mind-boggling. They have, and they're, and they're working with a number, 212. That's very close. What the Republicans have now, the 222, is just about what the, what the Democrats had all that time. And the Democrats did amazing things, amazing legislative uh, victories were achieved in the House and then, and then complemented in the Senate with, 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 with narrow, razor-thin majorities because basically you had a leader. Her name was Nancy Pelosi, and she basically was able to herd these people. If you think Republicans might be a, a sort of a disparate lot, Hell, you're not looking very carefully at Democrats. Democrats are all over the damn map. And yet Nancy Pelosi was able to basically handle this. Would Nancy Pelosi allow 11 votes to take place in which she was essentially told you're not going to be... Would, would Nancy Pelosi put her her incapacity, her failures to basically negotiate in private, her incapacity to basically govern the body, her own conference, would she put it on display 11 consecutive times for the whole world to see and try to pass it off as, well, sooner or later we'll wear down the other side? Would she imagine that the damage being done to the American psyche and the, and the damage being done to the perception of America worldwide 
by putting the worst of what we are on display and constantly running as though it's a loop, as, as though it's, it's B-roll in, a bad, in a, bad, uh, a bad news night and, you know, a car crash. Watching the same car crash again and again. Would Nancy Pelosi have even considered that as a strategy for getting the most recalcitrant components of her, of her uh, caucus to go along with her. Yes, let me humiliate myself in public. Let me give away every iota of power. Let me make it obvious that I can be stopped at any time by anyone. Just please, oh please, oh please, make me speaker. That's all I want. I want, the, I want to be the third most powerful person in the United States government. I want to be two heartbeats away from the presidency. Do you understand that that's what Kevin McCarthy would be? A man minus all principles, minus all understanding of government, minus any willingness to exercise or exert any any kind of uh, uh, sense of, of having a, a, a political philosophy or, or an agenda of any kind, any kind of concern that might somehow dovetail with the meaning of the Constitution and the needs of the American people. Putting that person two heartbeats away from the presidency, that's what this whole process is all about. We are seeing him for the weak feckless, useless, meaningless person that he is from, and I'm sure his family loves him, but from a political perspective, he's nothing. And the people around him are less. And there isn't another real leader. There's no one within a million miles of Nancy Pelosi within the entire Republican conference. The Republicans know this. Gates puts up Donald Trump as his nominee for the part for the for, for the uh, for the speakership legally yeah you you can bring in someone from the outside it doesn't have to be someone in never been done it's a lot of crap that these republicans have, are doing that have never never been done never been an in, you know internal insurrection uh, facilitated by members of congress against their own country that's never been done either if you were ill-willed towards this country, if you basically looked at it as if you'd spent the better part of your life trying to figure out ways to diminish America, or, and I don't just mean, you know, politically, if you basically wanted to attack this country, if you really wanted to hurt it, if you were uh, Vladimir Putin right now, if you were, if you were, uh, if you were the Chi if you were China, if you were Xi right now, watching all this, if you were, if you were uh, Kim Jong Un in North Korea, and you're watching the United States absolutely frozen in its capacity to govern, and you know that because of the election. These Republicans will somehow, ultimately, the, the, the end result of all this is going to be that they are going to be in charge of the House of Representatives and that nothing, nothing, there is no indication from any source, any level, that they will do anything to govern in any conventional way, that they will be at odds among themselves and they will not be able to function within the governance process. They are not interested in doing anything legislatively. They are interested in having hearings and bitching and moaning and yelling and taking down Hunter Biden's laptop and maybe taking down Joe Biden and let's, let's do Hillary all over again. And, and, and that's the agenda. There's nothing in the way of social compact with the people. There's nothing in the way of expanding uh, help for people. There's nothing. Well, let's get rid of Medicare. Let's get rid of Medicaid. Let's, let's take it all down. Wild imagine. And you're sitting there. You're China. You're Russia. You're North Korea. And you're watching all this knowing that no matter what, for the next two years, the United States is 
utterly and completely vulnerable. They may not even be able to pass another budget, much less get a military budget put through, because anyone can jump up and down and stop it. They could freeze the entire country. They could freeze out uh, Social Security payments. They could freeze out Medicare payments. They could freeze out Medicaid payments. Everything could be drawn to an entire stop because these 20 people for whom uh, McCarthy has been willing to do anything, give away everything and anything, just so he could see his name on the door that he's already moved into. And there's a question whether he's squatting in Nancy Pelosi's old speaker office right now. Anything can be done. Nothing is sacred. No function of government can be relied upon by the American people or the world. What would you do if you wished us ill? How, how would you be thinking? Would you... <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be gleeful that suddenly the, the, the very circumstances that you would have hoped and not be able to imagine in your wildest dreams, the American government turning on itself, suddenly are, are, are in your sights. And the capacity to react that would require the function of Congress, you just take that out of the, the equation. And if you give, and all you have to do is give the crazies something that basically will be anti-libs or something, give, give them something that they, can, that they can use, that Fox can use, that One American News, News can use, that, and that the crazies then, and the rest of the Republicans can chew on, that will give them the ability to feel as though they're pandering to the base, package any, package any part of your agenda... Russia, China, or North Korea, and feed it, spoon-feed it to the Republicans in the Congress right now, and they'll run with it because it'll simply be anti. If it, has, if it tastes like anti, if it tastes like against, if it tastes like tear it down, if it tastes like don't let the government... Fun if anything that feels ugly and mean and break it all down, they'll take it. And the vulnerability that this creates for this country is, is rather, it's startling. And yet it's there. And I, I again, in, in, in past shows, I've, I've been able to assuage my own mind and, and feel a bit better about things um, by simply saying, okay, the, the courts are available uh, to basically right the ship as much as possible. But, but that was the case when it was some group going from the outside against the established order, when, when all the Trumpians were trying to overturn a function that had taken place within the government. This is a group within government trying to take the place apart by their either their inaction or their or their overt action because they are oriented to destroying their anti-institutional anti-constitutional and prepared to do anything to tear the effing place down the courts don't really have much of a a way of doing this what we're entering, I see at this point, is if you think the era of the, of the super executive was getting out of hand under, let's say, George Bush II, or Trump was using executive orders a bit too much, when you don't have a functional House of Representatives, when the legislating process cannot be done, by the standard mechanisms, then not only will the chief executive have to resort to basically executive dictum by, by, by executive order, but there will have to be, at some point, and I see this coming, there will have to be a declaration of national emergency. And in that state of emergency, 
and the emergency being the inability of the government to govern, to function, because half of the legislative system basically has made itself inoperative. Joe Biden may be forced to declare national emergency after national emergency in the interest of being able to pass budget bills that are required for the functioning of the country. If it gets to that point, then we will reach constitutional crisis much faster than anything that I could have imagined. And the Republicans will be yelling and screaming, we have the right to shut the place down from this end. How dare you try to make America function? That will be the argument. And the crazies will say, yeah, because they have no basis for saying anything else as of this moment. The only positive I see is if basically it gets that nuts and some, some voice either within the Republican conference or, or, or Biden or someone on the Democratic side makes the most logical, impassioned plea in the world to explain that we can't go on this way. This has to stop. That's the only way I see getting around or past this. Because otherwise, what I see coming down the path is ruling by presidential fiat in an effort to basically keep the damned government functioning. That's, that's where we're going. And then the yelling and screaming and the bitching and the moaning and the, and the threats and everything else that will come from the Republican side, simply because the Democrats are committed to actually maintaining a government, a functioning government, and don't want to see the Constitution torn to shreds in the process, and don't want to see America basically vulnerable to every and any enemy that might be out there lying in wait for us. But we're going in that direction. Um, I don't care what happens at this point with, uh, you know, with, with the, uh, the speaker election. This basically is, no matter who on the Republican side gets in there at this point, they will be beholden to an insane minority within the insane Republican, Republican, I would call it now. These are the Republicans, the new terminology I will use. They basically are eating their own and regurgitating it and moving it however, I mean, you know, I can, get, I can make it as gross as you like, but this is what they are. They're Republicans, you know, and, 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 and that's all they are doing. They're eating it. They're living off their own excrement. They have no desire, no, no concept of the uh, American Constitution. They have no concept of law, no concept of anything. They are simply doing what Donald taught them to do. And Donald would like to lead the whole thing all over again, just to take victory laps as they bury what's left of this country. I don't think that's going to happen. I can imagine a few intervening for I, I would look forward, I would look forward to an era of executive order the likes of which you have never seen before, of every challenge possible being made by the taking it to the Supreme Court instantly, but you will see, while, while there will be total gridlock with, on a congressional level, nothing will happen, then the effort will be to gridlock uh, any presidential decrees by making the Supreme Court having to pull it back, and that becomes another possible area of gridlock. It, it, it's going to be weird. Somehow, we have to hope to get through. What, what hopefully Americans will figure out is the Republicans can't govern. So get them the hell out of there. But we've got two years to get through on this end over here, and we still don't even have a Speaker of the House of Representatives after 11 humiliating votes.
That can't make it any nicer than that. It's where we are. And let's hope we can. Let's hope that the best of what we are and the best of us are able to find a way to get us through all this. The Democrats are going to have to basically ride to the rescue of the American people. Joe Biden's presidency, as much as people have talked about, oh, no, the, la the next two years, the last, it's going to be, he'll just be, he will turn into the most important American president, very possibly in a generation, to basically somehow save this country from the Republicans. No, the Republicans. Yeah, that's who they are. A little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. 
Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. No nice way to say it. The Republicans are out to destroy the country. This is not, this is not hyperbole. And what we're going to see uh, in the next two years is an era of, of, of rule by presidential declaration, the likes of which we've never had, not because Biden wants to necessarily do it, but because there'll be no other way to keep the country functional. Get ready, folks. This is going to be amazing.